Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potluck Podcast. I am Jared Cornut, and I'm joined by my fabulous, wonderful Baptist co-hosts, the Reverend Alan Murray in the AMS, Matt Hensley. Guys, how are y'all doing? Doing pretty good, my brother. Doing pretty good. Yeah, good to see you, man. How about you, Alan? How are you? I'm doing well. I had uh, Matt Hensley's rival or his nemesis at my church today, Ryan Jesperson, uh, the AMS of the Dallas County Association, Dallas and Rockwall counties, actually. No, he, did, I, he we spoke about you a lot, Matt, but they were actually very kind things uh, that we that we said about you today. So maybe if your ears were burning, we were talking about you at Plymouth Park. They weren't. I uh, could not care less. I'm just kidding. No, I love Ryan. Ryan's a great, great dude. And uh, it was good to be at your church the week before, uh, but you weren't there because that's out now, isn't it? <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. Uh, God, <laughs> give, give, me, give me a zero to ten. How much do they hate you right now? <laughs> I think uh, for those listening who do not know, I... Uh, Informed the church of uh, my resignation this past Sunday. God's opened a door for us to go back to Alabama where I'll be the lead pastor at North Shelby Baptist Church. And it was a very bittersweet. Um, and there was lots of hugs and tears Sunday morning. I was flooded with phone calls, texts, and emails uh, yesterday and today. Several people came out of the church today who said we were a little bit too emotional Sunday, but we wanted to come talk to you, which I'm going to be here for another month. So it's not like I'm leaving immediately. Um, but uh, it was bittersweet. I mean, Plymouth Park is a great church. I wish every guy got the chance to pastor a church like Plymouth Park. They have loved me well for four years. They have loved my family well for four years. If you'd have told me I'd been there for another 20 years, I'd have been totally content with that. Uh, but as we all know, Matt, you know this uh, more recently than others. Alan, you have lived this as well. We know a ministry that we may never l- live near our family again. And so when I door. Uh, of opportunity opens, you have to consider that. And so uh, for us to be near um, our parents and our family and our friends, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. So we're, we're looking forward to meeting Matt to Birmingham, pastoring there and doing ministry there. Matt, we'll miss you, but I never see you anyways. So it's not a big deal. And Alan, I'll be closer to you now, uh, leaving the great Republic of Texas uh, different than the way I came in. It's Matt. <laughs> okay, so we'll transition out of that into uh, Matt. You uh, went and uh, you were part of a revolution, not a revival, but a revolution of sorts uh, yeah. yesterday. Can you t- can you talk to us about that? What's what was this about? Yeah, so I was uh, invited or or asked or you know requested to to gather up a few pastors to come and hang out with uh, Jack Graham and Pastor Greg Laurie. Uh, of Harvest, and of course, Jack Graham, if you don't know, Prestonwood uh, Baptist, and did not invite uh, Jared Cornut because I was asked to invite Collin County uh, pastors, and you are not a Collin County pastor. And uh, But we got to hang out and eat hors d'oeuvres. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, with Ed Young Jr. and Greg Laurie and O.S. Hawkins and uh, Jack Graham, and had a wonderful time. And uh, had a number of our pastors there. I think we had about 11 of us that were there. Had a great time in that room praying before the premiere, kind of the pre-premiere, 
we're the very first people to get to see this movie, uh, the Jesus Revolution. Is that the, uh, is that the Greg Locke movie? It, it is not uh, <laughs> the Greg Locke movie. It is the Greg different Greg movie. It is another Greg, different Greg, better Greg, and uh, and so it is kind of like. Uh, I don't want to call it a documentary because it's definitely not a documentary. It's a movie uh, adaptation of what happened with the, well, the Jesus revolution. And so the spiritual awakening that happened back in the 60s and 70s with the hippies, uh, you know, Jay Allen lived through that. Uh, he is portrayed uh, in the the movie by Kelsey Grammer, uh, an old fuddy-duddy pastor uh, that is dealing with the the onslaught of hippie culture coming into his church and freaking out early on. And I'm not going to spoil everything, but it, guys, it is a phenomenal movie. I've I've told several people now that as a as a Christian movie, I give it an A plus 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 plus. It is hands down the best Christian movie I've ever seen. Uh, you know, it's the same maker of, uh, I can only imagine kind of that, that same group is, is making this and it's absolutely phenomenal at the top of that. But then I would even say when it comes to secular movies, I would put it as, as, as like a B or a B plus, uh, had a little bit of pacing issues at times, uh, but some absolutely hilarious moments, some tear jerkers. Um, a lot of, as a pastor and as a dad, a lot of ways to identify with dealing with deacons on the one hand, uh, when, when these hippies are coming into the church. And then also as a dad dealing with a daughter, uh, you know, with a, you know, boyfriend and some of that kind of stuff. I was hearing some of the same things that I would tell my daughters. And, uh, and so, so that was kind of fun, uh, very redemptive, very gritty. There's a lot of drug use because it was the hippies. <laughs> and so it was very true to everything you know about that. Uh, but really, really good. And uh, and it comes out this week. And so we got to see it with about 8,000 of our closest friends at Prestonwood Baptist and uh, had a great time. And then at the very end, uh, Greg Laurie got up and uh, shared the gospel and uh, called for a response. And, uh, and so... Got to see that and uh, pray through some of those things. And so it's just a really neat thing. There's an article we'll put in the, the show notes about it. Uh, but so many of our listeners obviously didn't live through uh, the the Jesus movement, but maybe you've read about it, heard about it, all of that kind of stuff. And, and there's just a whole lot of things uh, to unpack as you leave. And, uh, and so I've really appreciated the movie and uh, really enjoyed being there. And I love the quote at the end of this article where it says that God uses flawed people. God uses ordinary people. Even as you read the book of Acts, there are ordinary people who fell short, people like us. And I think one of the takeaway truths of the Bible is these were not perfect people that God worked through, but they were available people. And we kind of see that throughout the movie. And uh, and even Greg Greg Laurie tells his story of how he ultimately went to uh, to harvest and uh, as a very available person, just wanting to serve. And and so it's just a really neat, neat redemptive story. Well, uh, I've, I've never been uh, called Chuck Smith before. Uh, so I just want to clarify that I'm not Chuck Smith, though Chuck Smith was an influence on me. 
uh, as a teenager, got to hear him on the radio uh, preaching exposition, uh, coming on the radio all across the country and I'm sure across the world as well. And one of the things I find interesting about this film, uh, that it does have a connection not just to Prestonwood, but with Harvest joining, uh, giving to the CP, a Southern Baptist Church, several years ago. Uh, this is the second movie that I know of that has been made about a Southern Baptist. Uh, do you guys know of any movies that have been made about Southern Baptist? Isn't John the Baptist uh, in in a couple of movies? The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> so both of those those movies were, were uh, set before eighteen forty five. Uh, so they, they might have nope. been about Baptists, but not okay. Southern Baptists. Uh, the only other movie that I'm aware of, and there may be some others out there, there probably are, uh, is there was a movie made about Harry Truman uh, that was called Give Them an Expletive, Harry. Um, and so uh, Harry Truman, Southern Baptist from Missouri, President of the United States, and Greg Laurie, Southern Baptist, having movies made about them. If you guys know of one, let us know. I'd love to know some others. And this is going to be this is going to be in theaters, right? This is not just something that you do at your church or show there. This is going to be theaters nationwide, correct? Yeah, I, I believe it's like a soft opening on Wednesday. I've heard there's there's some tickets available at different uh, theaters that are going to show it starting on Wednesday. Then it releases this weekend and will go head to head against Cocaine Bear. And uh, so tough choice to see how that works and to tie this into what we talked about last They're week. They're both based on true stories too. Cocaine oh, bear. 100%. But, but the other side of it is, is what is kind of neat though, is obviously this was a movement, you know, they're a flawed movement, good, bad, and ugly that, that goes with it. Uh, but we also see what we talked about last week with the revivals that seem to be happening at Asbury and Sanford, all that kind of stuff. All of this happening at the same time this movie is coming out, and uh, so kind of interested to see how God is going to uh, to work uh, through through all of these things. And so, so I was pumped to see it. I will see it again in the theater to kind of have that experience. And we're going to try and get maybe some of the youth to go to uh, see it as well. And uh, I, I'm certain this is going to be one that we watch again. Uh, like I said, best Christian movie I've ever seen, and one of the best regular movies I've ever seen. It, it was a strong, strong show. Check out Jesus Revolution in theaters, perhaps somewhere near you, starting this week. Well, guys, I don't know if you realize this or not. Actually, I do know you realize this. Uh, but I don't know if listeners, you realize this or not. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for six years at this point. Uh, Matt, you have not been with us the whole time, but you've been with us the past two years. And so I'm going to ask one question, make one observation. Here's my question, Alan. You, you and I have been here since the beginning, Matt. If you could think of something, what perhaps is your favorite moment uh, over the past six years of doing this podcast? I'm going to defer first to Jay Allen, and then I'll give you mine. Okay. Let age first. Uh, you getting grilled by Jeff Orge uh, about barbecue. I was not here. I, was, I wasn't even on that episode. You, you could not defend yourself any more than I could try barbecue in Alabama. <laughs> and so uh, that that was one of my absolute favorite moments. And uh, oh. probably right up there with that was Danny Aiken talking about Waffle House. Danny Aiken Waffle House. That was a great one. Uh, how about when Nathan Finn uh, rocked in his rocking chair and told us stories of church history? Uh, that, that was a great episode. And we've been, we've been privileged to interview uh, seminary presidents, people from entities, 
um, presidential uh, candidates for SBC offices. Uh, uh, been very weird that we get to do this, but very uh, cool as well. Matt, what about you? My greatest moment is the one that hasn't happened yet. What's that? Tyler Armstrong has not been on the show. Uh, well, I promise we'll get Tyler on here. So I always the Tyler's like, we're going to come to the potluck. And I always say, yeah, we're going to get you on there. One of my favorite running gags on this podcast is the age of uh, brother Alan Murray, who is 33 years old. But Alan, would you please share with everyone what happened to you this past week? Yes. Yeah, so last Friday night, I went to get supper. And without asking, uh, me being asked or me asking for it, uh, received the senior discount at Char Grill on Atlantic Avenue in Raleigh, North Carolina. So see, so, not just something I say or make up about Alan's age. Other people think this too. Yep. That's funny. Well, Alan, why don't you, uh, since uh, you are aging before us, uh, kick us off here into our uh, center culture topic and before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, so as I'm riding around uh, across the wonderful great state of North Carolina, I'm always trying to think, what can we talk about uh, on our podcast about Southern culture? And something that, that pops up in a lot of our communities across the South, I'm sure they're beyond the South as well, are the, the country stores, the general stores. Um, lots of places in North Carolina, they just have country store right on the title. Uh, not, not a Walmart. Not a Lowe's, uh, not a Seven Eleven, but a country store. You guys, y'all have those in your experience in maybe Alabama or um, even Texas. And and Matt, I know when you were in New Mexico, which is uh, I think part of the United States, but not part of the South, uh, you had some crazy experiences at your little store there in the community you live. But country stores, what do you think of? What do you get when you go there? Yeah, I mean, we we had them in Alabama. A lot of times they were gas stations and country stores kind of combined. Sometimes that restaurants inside of them. Um, but I remember going to them, especially with my grandparents. Uh, of course, I remember the Mass General Store in Hendersonville, North Carolina, uh, which is great. And you can go to the original, which is right outside Boone, North Carolina. And you go in there. When I think about this stuff, I think about like you know, you get the bagged candy, so you go through the barrels of candy, you fill it up with candy, uh, things like that. They, they got little trinkets, little games, things like that. Uh, kind of think like maybe Cracker Barrel, uh, the store in Cracker Barrel, but actually like a real shop, not just overpriced merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, I think we talked about the uh, the store that we had in Mayhill, which is now under new ownership and is far less crazy. Uh, not crazy at all, um, but uh, is a wonderful store now. Uh, but here in, in Farmersville, uh, it's a bit of a country store. We don't really have the one thing that Farmersville does not really have is a breakfast place. And and I wondered, like, where do the old men, where do like the Jay Allens of the world go to have breakfast and just hang out? You know, they they don't go to the donut shop that we have. Like, I don't see them. Jack's Alabama. And but we've got this uh, quick mart or whatever it is right as you come into town. And I got gas there one morning, and that's where all the old men were having their little breakfast sandwiches, whatever, at this little country store. Uh, but it's still, it's still more like it's a Chevron, so it's kind of your normal deal. Maybe Exxon, one of those, I don't know. And uh, but it's kind of that idea, and uh, so that's kind of our our area. The other thing, of course, we have in in here uh, near 
near us is the gas station country store type thing that has everything like restaurant, um, barbecue pit out front and, you know, vape shop on the side and the Hunt's brother pizzas inside all that, you know, all if you need vape or you need a pepperoni pizza, they got you covered. Yeah, my, my little community of Kelly, uh, we don't have a, a whole lot of stores and options, but we have one store here in Kelly, and it is definitely the place where if you were looking for the old man to be hanging out first thing in the morning from about 6 o'clock until about 8, um, you will find them in there. There's several tables in the back. Um, they have the best breakfast and lunch in town, uh, the only place you can get breakfast and lunch in town, um, and it's like... Uh, some biscuits in the morning that are gone very quickly and hot dogs and sausage dogs throughout the day. But um, that mass general store in Valley Cruces that you mentioned definitely comes to mind when I think of country stores, but um, what you guys have talked about, just having a little bit of everything, uh, not, not just being specialized, but because of the rural location, being able to find all sorts of stuff that you might find, uh, not be able to find at a regular gas station. There are two things uh, that I think a country store needs to sell. Uh, regardless of its location. One is soft drinks in glass bottles. Uh, if you're in eastern North Carolina, somebody is selling cheer wine in a glass bottle. Uh, for most places around the U.S., uh, Coke or Pepsi in a glass bottle. And the other thing, and, and this is probably going to come as no surprise to our listeners, but the kind of place that you can find live bait. Uh, if they got a, a sign out by the road or in the window that says live bait, it's probably the kind of store we're talking about. There you have it. Uh, I think that's a great. And what's going to happen in about a thousand years when they study our time in history, they're going to say they had these country stores called Buseys or Buckies or they had everything inside of it. They had home decor and sandwiches and and all that stuff. Um, One day, one day, that's what they'll say about us in history. Well, guys, it's been a joy. Uh, Go check out Jesus Revolution if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, and theaters come near you. If you've been with us all six years or just started listening recently, thanks for listening. Uh, you're the reason that we do this. So go to your local country store, get some live bait, get a glass uh, bottle of Coke or whatever it is that you want. And join us next time here on the Potluck. Same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. And as always, stay Baptist, my friends.